This is Look West, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. I pledge to be counted on the 2020 census. Me comprometo a ser contado en el censo 2020. No matter what language you speak, it's important to be counted in the 2020 census. I'm Bob Shalane with Look West. In a moment, We'll hear from two of the most knowledgeable people in California when it comes to the 2020 census. Mark Berman, the chair of the Assembly Select Committee on the 2020 Census, and California Secretary of State, Alex Padilla. We also spoke with some community leaders about the importance of being counted in the 2020 Census. Hi, I'm Chris Mateo with the Statewide Filipino Complete Count Committee. We want everyone in California, especially the hard-to-count communities, to be counted in the 2020 census. Hi, I'm Amin Yamacha, and I'm an educator, mother, and the project manager for the Black Census and Redistricting Hub. We want California to count everyone in the 2020 census, especially our communities who have been hard to count and undercounted in the past. This includes our Black families, children, and communities. That's why our anthem is My Black Count. When you fill out the census, you're bringing greater voice, resources, and representation to your community. I'm Christian Arana with the Latino Community Foundation. We want everyone in California, especially the historically undercounted communities like Latinos, to be counted in the 2020 census. It's easy, safe, and confidential, and it gives our families a stronger voice. I talked with Assemblymember Berman and Secretary Padilla to learn what the census is, why it's so important, and what impact Census 2020 will have on California. Secretary Padilla, um, what is the census? Ah, a good question, because uh, not everybody is familiar, uh, as familiar with the census as we are with elections. Uh, elections obviously take place every uh, uh, two to four years, but the census only takes place once in every 10 years, uh, and it is actually required by the U.S. Constitution. Uh, the Constitution calls for a national population count every 10 years, uh, so literally counting how many people uh, live in the country, uh, and it's used for a couple of very important purposes. You know, all that federal funding that we hear about, uh, that which is distributed on a per capita basis, uh, well, we use census formulas and population counts to determine uh, our share of federal funding. Uh, in various categories, from safety to healthcare and education and more. Uh, the census is also used for what we call reapportionment, you know, taking ourselves back to a high school government class. We know why there's 100 U.S. senators. It's two per state. But there's 435 members of the House of Representatives. How many represent in California? It depends on our share of the national population as determined by the census. Uh, many more uh uses of census uh, data, uh, but those are some of the high points to uh, make the point of why the census is so important. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Chair Berman, how did you develop your interest in the census, and what is your role in the census as chair of the committee? Yeah, as Secretary Padilla was saying, you know, uh, Three years ago when I got elected to the assembly, I wasn't intimately familiar with the census. Uh, but when I was uh, appointed as chair of the elections committee, 
Uh, about two and a half years ago, the speaker called me and he said, hey, the census is coming up in a few years uh, and California is going to be in a lot of trouble uh, in terms of making sure that we get a complete count. So uh, what I'd like you to do is create a select committee on the census and chair the select committee on the census so that uh, all 80 assembly members are, are intimately aware of what's going on around census preparation and what they can do and how they can help and also to oversee uh, and provide accountability for the money that the legislature uh, appropriates for census outreach and communications. And so I created a select committee on the census. I joined with about a dozen of my colleagues. We're a bipartisan group. We represent every area of the state, rural, urban, suburban, Northern California, Southern California, uh, the Inland Empire, the Central Valley. Uh, and since the legislature has appropriated $187 million for census outreach and communication, which is more than 10 times more than the state has ever put towards census outreach, we want to make sure that that money is spent well. And so we conduct uh, select committee hearings with our colleagues in the Senate uh, and make sure that the administration and, and uh, the different organizations that are receiving state funding are, are doing what they said they were going to do uh, to make sure that we uh, equip uh, our nonprofits and our hard-to-count communities to, to reach out to everybody and make sure that everybody understands how important it is to be counted and how safe it is to participate in the census. You brought up hard-to-count co uh, communities and undercounts, I guess they're called. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to ask both of you, uh, first Mr. Secretary and then you, uh, Mr. Chair, is how do we improve on the undercount among the undercounted populations? How do they get the message? What, what can we do to bring them uh, a better message? Mr. Secretary? Yeah, so it begins with understanding you know, who it is that we're talking about when we say hard to count. Uh, hard to count communities, that's an official designation by the U.S. Census Bureau for segments of our population that's a given uh, census passed, right? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we know are exactly that, harder to count. Uh, because it takes extra effort to ensure their participation or uh, their uh, participation rates over time lag the general population. And, uh, you know, roughly speaking, uh, we know that uh, lower income communities uh, have historically been harder to count. Uh, we know that uh, communities of color uh, have historically been harder to count. Uh, and both very young people and the elderly have historically been a little harder to count by uh, uh, by the data. And uh, of course, in California, we're home to a large uh, uh, immigrant population. So immigrant families and immigrant communities have also been historically harder to count. Uh, taken as a whole, uh, about 70% of Californians fit some sort of hard to count criteria. So when we think about why the census is important, what the census is for, and recognize that 70% of Californians fit some hard-to-count criteria. We know that the stakes are huge uh, if we don't get this right. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the census, there is no second chance to get it right. This is a once-every-10-years uh, exercise. So because of the diversity of the hard-to-count communities, uh, our outreach to them has to be equally diverse and comprehensive. Uh, you know, the, the every-10-years uh, challenge of counting every person uh, including the hard-to-count communities, is tough enough without some of the current challenges that we're facing, whether it's uh, lack of trust in the federal government, uh, given the current administration, 
things like that, or the fact that the Census Bureau itself has been underfunded and understaffed for in recent years. So they're not where they should be when it comes to planning and preparation at this you know, near final stage of the census before we begin participating. Uh, so uh, here comes the good news. The good news is California, recognizing the stakes, has stepped up. Uh, thank you to Assemblymember Berman, uh, the legislature, and both Governor Newsom and Governor Brown for collectively approving uh, a couple hundred billions of dollars, excuse me, a couple hundred millions of dollars in census outreach and assistance. Uh, it's an unprecedented amount, uh, but will be used very strategically uh, to reach out to folks, whether it's uh, in multiple, multiple languages, because we know that's uh, California for us uh, in all corners of the state. Uh, there's partnerships, not just uh, with statewide uh, advertising campaigns on traditional media and social media, uh, but especially a big amount of money that's going out to various regions and communities throughout the state. Because frankly, every corner of California is a little bit different. You know, we have the, the two large metropolitan areas uh, known as the Bay Area and the greater Los Angeles metropolitan area, but a lot of hard to count populations in rural pockets uh, of the state. Uh, and so, uh, the, the message as it goes out is not just in a variety of forms from postcards and radio advertising. It could include knocks on the doors or community health fairs and other strategies in between. And I think importantly, uh, it's not just coming from government officials, whether it's a Census Bureau representative or the governor, the secretary of state or your local legislator. Uh, it's also coming from people who are identified as local leaders, the trusted voices in each and every community uh, to best appeal to folks uh, in the hard-to-count communities to ensure their participation. Uh, just one quick anecdote to try to drive the point here. Uh, Ten years ago, the largest undercounted population in the state of California was children under five. You know, hard to believe. My youngest just turned five years old, and frankly, he's the loudest one in the house. <laughs> so I don't know how you can uh, forget he's around. Uh, but the point is, you know, kids under five were significantly undercounted 10 years ago. So imagine every three, four, and five-year-old in 2010 now turning 13, 14, 15 years old. Doesn't mean they haven't been here. Doesn't mean they haven't uh, uh, grown up here. Doesn't mean they haven't been attending schools. The difference is the kids have been in schools, but their uh, share of federal funding for that school has not been there. So if we wonder why schools have been underfunded, you know, this is one of the reasons why. And so ensuring census participation is a part of making sure that uh, we get our share of federal funding, you know, for education in this case, but uh, in, in all the categories that we're talking about uh, and this is without raising taxes, by the way. This is just ensuring that every person is counted. It's another big uh, challenge to remind people that the census is not just for citizens, right? We uh, uh, won the battle to keep the, the question about citizenship off the census. Uh, the census is not just for citizens. It's not just for adults. It's not just for voters. It is for everybody. Um, which leads me, Mr. Chair, uh, the Secretary mentioned uh, about the census being for everybody, mm -hmm. is it safe for undercounted populations to fill out the census form? How are we telling people that it's going 
to be safe for them? Is it safe? What do you say? It's incredibly safe. Uh, and actually, at a, at a PPIC forum a few, few, a few years ago that I think the secretary was also at, uh, we heard from a former Census Bureau director, John Thompson, uh, who said that census data is the safest data that there is uh, that the government collects. Uh, and so um, because of uh, past really dark spots in, in our nation's history, uh, and in particular uh, World War II and, and the internment of Japanese, very strong laws have been put in place uh, that state that census data can be used only for census purposes. It cannot be used by any other government agency or department for any other purpose. That's been upheld uh, by the courts, by the United States courts, multiple times uh, over the past few decades. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, it really is safe for people. And the penalties uh, of, of uh, misusing that information, it's not a slap on the wrist, it's not a fine, but it can be multiple years in prison. Uh, and, and so it's a remarkably serious uh, crime to misuse census data. Um, and, and so it's really important for, for all of our constituencies to know how safe it is to participate. But people are, are rightfully anxious. Uh, about about giving over their information to the federal government. And, and the secretary commented on how the citizenship question will not be on the census. That's incredibly good. Um, but a lot of damage was already done just by all the discussion around the citizenship question. And, and it created a lot of distrust uh, in, in our communities uh, across California, in our hard-to-count communities, in our immigrant communities. Uh, and so that's why it's so important uh, that the state uh, provide the resources for those trusted messengers, for people who are uh, leaders in the small communities across California, uh, to go out into those communities, people who, who look like the neighborhood, who, who you know, have histories and backgrounds uh, and, and, you know, share the cultures of the different communities, to be the ones to go out and be those messengers. Because the last thing, the last thing I want uh, in certain communities in my district uh, is for um, you know, the, the, the first thing to happen to be the federal government knocking on somebody's door with a clipboard or with an iPad asking them to fill out a form. We want to make sure that we've reached out to all of those constituents multiple times before that so they know it's coming or hopefully they don't even get to that point. Um, because starting in about a month, everybody across California is going to get uh, a letter in the mail from the Census Bureau and they're going to have the opportunity to voluntarily respond to the census. And we want them to do that immediately so that nobody ever knocks on their door. Uh, and, and that's a message that uh, we'll be sending out in certain neighborhoods is, you know, as soon as you complete the census voluntarily, you're done and, and you have nothing to worry about and nobody will be coming by your door to ask you, you know, for, for more questions. And so um, it, it's, it, it, we, we need to get out to those communities, make sure that they understand how safe it is. Like the secretary mentioned uh, at the beginning of, of the podcast, uh, make sure that they understand why it's so important to participate. Um, but absolutely that, you know, this really is a safe activity for them to participate in. And if I can just add to that, it's both, uh, you know, this challenge of whether it's safe to participate in the census, there's both a, a, a legal uh, challenge that we're up against, as well as a communications uh, challenge that we're up against. The legal challenge is explaining to people, yes, federal laws are in place that prohibit uh, the personal information collected during the course of the census from being shared with any other department or agency for any other purpose. That's in place, and we will uh, be vigilant uh, to ensure that that's respected and enforced. 
but uh, you know, one of the examples of how the damage has been done, as Assemblymember Bremer mentioned, uh, is uh, you know not just what the news has covered in the, in the course of the proposed citizenship question, which was defeated, but similar to the election space, uh, both misinformation and disinformation being spread online. You know, it was months and months ago that I first began to see the the boycott census California movement on Facebook, uh, which we know is based on, you know, lies uh, and that misinformation. If uh, folks fall for it, uh, would be tremendously damaging uh, to California as a whole, uh, but frankly, to the most uh, vulnerable populations and communities, uh, especially. So uh, we need to be vigilant about uh, where the information is coming from. And people who have questions or need uh, either additional information or assistance uh, to participate in the census should go, again, to those trusted sources, whether it's the, the, the U.S. Census Bureau directly uh, or some of the state partners uh, that are reaching out in all corners of California. As, 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 the, rep- as the assembly member who represents Silicon Valley, I couldn't agree more with what the secretary just said. Uh, and, you know, misinformation and disinformation is, is a huge concern. Um, and and I, I would add, if you see something uh, on social media or online that you think looks fishy, reach out. Uh, reach out to the Secretary of State, reach out to your local assembly member's office uh, and let them know. Uh, I know the Secretary of State's office has developed close relationships with a lot of the social media platforms um, so that we can reach out to them and, and get them to take down that information as quickly as possible because uh, the Secretary is absolutely right. That's a huge concern. So trusted members of the community that are reaching out for the census could go into those populations and tell them this is disinformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, one of the questions that I have is, are individual assembly members working with those trusted communities or finding people in those trusted communities in their assembly districts uh, to work with you and those undercounted populations? Yeah, I've been really impressed by the reaction from my colleagues uh, to the census and, and the importance of the census. I've been talking with them about it for a couple of years. Uh, we typically do these in our caucus meetings, uh, and it's usually hard to get anybody to pay attention uh, in these caucus meetings. But when, when I get the opportunity to present about the census, you could hear a pin drop uh, because everybody realizes just how important this is for their communities uh, and, and that we get back uh, the resources from the federal government that were rightfully owed based on how many people live in California. And I know it's the same thing with my Republican colleagues. Uh, I've had great conversations with numerous Republican colleagues uh, who have large immigrant communities in their own districts uh, and who see how important it is uh, that we get uh, accurate and complete count so that their communities get the resources that they rightfully deserve. Um, everybody has stepped up. Everybody recognizes how important it is. Um, and Oftentimes, it's those assembly members who know who those trusted messengers are. Uh, you know, we what, during the process of running for office, we get to know who's trusted in certain neighborhoods in our districts. Um, and so we know who to reach out to to engage in the census process. Uh, and so I'm very thankful to all of my colleagues for uh, how, how engaged they've been on the census efforts. Mr. Secretary, uh, we hear the date April 1st uh, very much. But so uh, one of the things that we've seen is that some people might be getting confused that April 1st is the only time to fill out the census. Can you tell us uh, 
are there is that the only time to fill out the census or does it go on what's the story there oh that's a great great question so uh uh april 1st is considered uh national census day but that doesn't mean census begins and ends on april 1st that's just a day that you'll see a lot of events and a lot of activity around census awareness uh folks can begin to expect uh, material in their mailbox uh, around March 15th, uh, well before April 1st. Uh, you know, the first uh, suggestion from the Census Bureau is how to go online and submit your information uh, to participate in the census. Uh, and frankly, every couple of weeks, the Census Bureau will continue to send reminders and instructions, uh, have various attempts at uh, contacting every household. Uh, as the Summer River Berman said a minute ago, the uh, as soon as you participate, the sooner the Census Bureau will scratch you off their list because you are done. Uh, so uh, for folks who don't participate, those reminders will keep coming uh, through the end of March, uh, through the month of April, uh, and into May. Uh, and for folks who haven't responded to the various attempts of communication by uh, mail, uh, that's when eventually the knocks on the door will come in what's known as the non-response follow-up period. Uh, the good news is, aside from a number of uh, uh, reminders, there's going to be multiple opportunities for how to participate in the census. You know, for folks who feel comfortable doing it online, that's probably as convenient as it gets. Uh, for folks who don't respond online after the first uh, few reminders from the Census Bureau, eventually a paper form will be mailed to those households. Uh, so that's the good news. You still have that good old-fashioned paper option uh, the bad news is that uh, form is only going to be available in English uh, and Spanish. Uh, so for folks who prefer a, a different language, uh, you can either have that online version or for the first time, there will be a phone it in option for census participation. So yes, multiple languages will be accommodated, but not in every uh, format, uh, but collectively we'll have an online, a paper and a phone option to participate in the census. Uh, Mr. Chair, anything you want to add to the various ways that the census form can be filled out? Yeah, well, uh, first, uh, it just kind of popped into my head that between the primary and the census, we should really call this the spring of civic engagement. Uh, and, and, you know, just, just roll from one into the next uh, and do your civic duty, uh, and, and, then, and then you can check that off. Uh, but the, the state and a lot of our, our local uh, partners are going to be setting up uh, questionnaire assistance centers, uh, really trying to meet all Californians where they are. Uh, and so whether that's going to be in, in malls or at sporting events, um, and there will be a link on um, uh, the, the state census website for where you can find these questionnaire assistance centers and questionnaire assistance kiosks uh, to get help if you have questions on how to fill out the census. Uh, but no, I mean, the secretary did a great job. And, and will they be on your website as well, we assembly will, members' website? This is a great question. We will definitely have a link, a button uh, that will flow through to that that database, absolutely, um, to make sure that, and, and we had a select committee hearing last week and I was speaking with our media partners about making sure that, you know, when somebody receives that letter and, and they're not sure what it is or, or how to fill it out, uh, if they're like me, they'll, they'll go online, they'll go to Google or a search engine um, and type in, you know, census question mark. And so we wanna make sure uh, that uh, useful resources are the first hits uh, for all those different search queries uh, so that people get routed to the right information and not the wrong information 
on how to fill out those forms. So we are going to, and between that, uh, there are going to be activities in schools. Uh, we're, we're actually making the census part of school curriculum. Uh, it's going to be at, uh, I think the secretary might have mentioned, or, uh, uh, you know, different community clinics uh, and all sorts of different community resources. We are going to uh, overwhelm people uh, with awareness and information about the census, how to participate, uh, where to go if they have questions. Okay. Uh, so that, you know, if anybody is left wondering by, by the end of July, then we failed. Um, and we didn't do our job in terms of reaching out to them and making sure that they understand, um, you know, the importance of the census and how they can participate. Okay. Um, Mr. Secretary, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think we've done a, a great job of describing, you know, what's at stake here uh, with the census and why it's so important. You know, the challenge for a, a big, diverse state like California, uh, but, uh, you know, with all the opportunity to participate, uh, you know, the good news is I, I think uh, we are living up to the, the challenge. It is an all-hands-on-deck moment. Uh, just a couple of examples of uh, not just what every legislator can and should be doing in their own district, but a number of state departments and agencies uh, have signed up to help disseminate information, whether it's you know, through our higher education segments, uh, through the DMV. Um, hoping folks notice that in the voter information guide that's gone out for the primary election, there's a couple of pages there dedicated to uh, uh, census information. Uh, I know that most, uh, if not all, local counties and cities and school districts uh, are doing the same. So uh, uh, come April 1st, uh, it should be, you know, uh, it should not be a surprise to anybody that the census uh, has arrived. And uh, hopefully we'll get the levels of participation uh, in California that we need uh, and deserve from a reapportionment standpoint, a federal funding standpoint, and for the, the good government uh, in all of us, uh, a fair redistricting the next go-around standpoint as well. Mr. Chair, any final thoughts? Yeah, you know, California uh, is a big, uh, bold, diverse, beautiful state. Uh, and, and we all know that that is our strength. Uh, but there are certain folks that maybe want to villainize us for that. Uh, and they want to take away uh, our voice, they want to take away our resources, they want to take away our, our political influence. Uh, and this is an opportunity for everybody across California to be heard, to be recognized, to protect their community. Uh, and so, uh, you know, this, this isn't a, a partisan issue. This is really a California versus everyone else issue. Uh, and if you live here in California, um, you know, it, it's so critically important that you participate. Well, thank you. I want to thank Secretary of State Padilla for joining us by phone and Assemblymember Mark Berman for joining us on the Look West podcast. Thanks for listening and please be counted. I am Bob Shalane. The Look West podcast is produced by the California Assembly Democrats. Please subscribe and rate this show wherever you get your favorite podcast. And when you think of California and politics, remember to look west.